Hello, and welcome to the final episode of the semester of American Student Radio on WIUX LP Bloomington. I'm your host, Sophia Salaby. This fall, you've heard us tell stories about sandwiches and fire towers and Tinder. But for today, our producers decided to just listen. That's right. Over Thanksgiving break, we recorded conversations with friends, grandparents, aunts, moms, and dads for today's show for what we're calling American Student Radio's Thanksgiving Listen. From Bloom... From... Uh, okay, live... live what is it? <clears throat> oh, ready? Should I do it again? From Indiana University in Bloomington. From Indiana University in Bloomington. This is... This is... This is American Student Radio. Real chill. Real chill. Aliens. Conspiracy. Journalism. And lesbians. In January 1978, the Great Blizzard hit the Midwest. Over the course of four days, Indianapolis was hit with 15 and a half inches of snow. This blizzard caused Indiana University to shut down for two days. Producer Rick Brewer learned that his mom experienced the storm when she was a student at IU. She told him the story of being stuck in Eigenman Hall for three days. My name is Andrea Polly Brewer. I received my Master of Arts degree in Speech Pathology from Indiana University in May of 1979, and I'm Rick's mom. I had to get back for my evening class, which started at 7, and uh, had a quick uh, dinner at Eigenman Hall and got on the bus. And I remember the bus was just packed with people because no one wanted to walk. It had started to snow. And I remember the poor bus driver who was some young student driver <clears throat> trying to manage, um, you know, all the rolling uh, hills and streets in Bloomington and the bus was sliding all over and the snow and the windshield wipers going. And it was just very wet, wet, heavy snow. And by the time I got out of class at 930, and of course the professor didn't consider letting us out one minute early uh, to get home. By the time I left, the, the buses had stopped running altogether. So we had to walk. And at that point, it was pretty much knee-deep, heavy, wet snow. And it's not like it was an an Arctic expedition, but it was a long walk in a very heavy, wet snowstorm getting soaked to the skin. We did path breaking. We, We walked in single file. And then the person in front who was breaking the path through the snow would get tired and they'd go to the end of the line. And then the next person would break the path for a while and then go to the end of the line. And so we just kept breaking paths. But towards the end, I ran out of friends. They peeled off and went to their residences. And by the end, I was just trudging through you know, 18 inches of wet, heavy snow to get back to Eigenman. And uh, again, certainly not horrible because the, it was still pretty warm. It hadn't, the temperature hadn't gotten severe yet but it was it was just wet heavy horrible snow and by the next morning it was just blizzard conditions whiteout conditions I lived on the sixth floor of Eigenman which at the time was only a graduate dorm it was all grad students uh, and I had a beautiful view of campus but when I looked out my window that next morning th- there was no campus it was just white just absolute white I've never seen anything quite like it couldn't see the buildings couldn't see the ground it was just looking like looking into a cloud we were stranded in the dorm for at least three days. And <clears throat> that's a long time. I hadn't been there very long. I didn't know anybody. 
to speak of, a few people, and it's it stir-crazy. The whole There's 1,200 kids in Eigenman going stir-crazy. And uh, thank goodness that some people had gotten to the liquor store before they all closed. But still, <laughs> it was just a lot of tedium and boredom because there was nothing to do. No internet. Uh, I had a little black and white TV and an AM, FM radio. And that was it. <laughs> I did have one person I knew from undergrad, and uh, they had a Monopoly set, and they were all in law school except for me. So I played uh, Monopoly with law students who took it much, much too seriously and discussed every legal ramification of opening, you know, uh, slums on Park Place and, oh, you can't do that, and let's look at the tax implication, you know, implications of that. I mean, they were just hilarious up to a point. <laughs> I was like, okay, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> I do remember that. In this piece produced by Emily Miles, Jim and his 14-year-old daughter Lily talk about first cars, first jobs, and coming of age. They don't agree on everything, but in the end, they're both nervous and excited for Lily to grow up. Jim Kirby. I am 41 years old. I am Lily Kirby and I am 14 years old. I grew up kind of all over the place and it sucked. Moving around constantly, never really got a chance to make a whole lot of friends and then when you did, you had to move again. But I think that's what gives me my winning personality, always having to meet new people. Um, basically kind of like the same thing with my dad. I had to move around a lot. Basically never really had like one house that I like grew up in like most people. But again, I think it was kind of like a good thing because it gave me chances to like meet new people and like qualities that I think maybe like not a whole bunch of people have. Yeah, and you're still actually friends with a lot of the people that you grew up with when you were younger. Still, yeah. still, which we kind of have to help shuttle you around, which is still pretty cool, which I never got that opportunity. So I try to make sure that she still gets to, you know, hang out with all those kids that she grew up with. So. And sometimes we would, like, go to the movies and stuff, but, yeah. You go to the mall, which I refuse to take you to, so that's between <laughs> that's your mom and your friend's mothers, but being 14 and all, there's not a whole lot you can do. But when we were kids, we had the phone the on the wall, you know, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have a phone where you can go to your room and lay on your bed and talk to your friends or your boyfriends or it's girlfriends, so but... Now you can FaceTime them and all that, or call all the different social medias and stuff. We didn't have any of that. We had a paper cup and a string. You know, that's all we had. Lived on a farm. You know, I mean, you get home from school, you had to pick up sticks, feed cows, do all that kind of stuff. And then I think shortly after that, I got a job and had to quit playing football. And we lived about seven miles from town. So I rode my BMX bicycle down Highway 68 seven miles into town to bag groceries till eight o'clock at night for three dollars and 65 cents an hour so that was my beginning of the workforce it was right around the eighth grade so we live in a tiny town there's the bar you know she's 14 she can't work there there's a garage you know she can't work there i'm hoping she can maybe pick up maybe some babysitting jobs or something because That's it's a catholic town i mean no offense but they're always having babies so she's <laughs> Definitely should be able to find her some babysitting jobs, you know, close by, so. It'll I'd, probably just be like a fast food place. Hopefully that'll work, but we're, 
thinking about looking for her a vehicle, which she's going to help, but we'll build her something. She's got to learn to change her tires and oil and her blinker fluid, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> I am very excited. We have a golf cart, so, I mean, I've... That you're horrible at driving. <laughs> I'm not that bad. <laughs> but... I'm ready to teach her how to drive, but it's... I have, in my own opinion, I have amazing patience, but I think I flip out a little bit, and I don't mean to. You flip out. You screamed at me the whole time. <laughs> how am I not supposed to scream at you when you're staring at me instead of looking forward when your four-year-old brother's with us? Well, he didn't have to be with us. <laughs> <laughs> That's beside the point. Eyes on the road, kid. Sorry. <laughs> I was probably about 12, 13. My mom would take us out the old stripper pit roads and stuff, the old gravel roads, and we'd pick up cans. Mom would let us drive. Of course, probably not the safest thing to let someone that's never driven drive on a gravel road, but that's how we learned. And then my sister and I, the driveway that we had when we lived in town was a really wide driveway. So my mom would let us get in the car back out of the driveway, not into the road, but we would, instead of a three-point turn, it was kind of a 15-point turn until we had the car backed into the driveway. That was, you know, kind of how we learned one foot for the gas, one foot for the brake, instead of, like, my daughter drives the golf cart. Oh, my God. <laughs> one foot for each, you know, which, you know, you'll break your neck if you're not careful stopping and going. But back whenever you actually took driver's ed in school, I mean, I aced it. But we got to practice, and a lot of people I don't think get to do that. It's a little scary. I am worried and both excited because I feel like it's going to be like a learning experience, obviously. I'm excited and nervous about it, too, but I'll take her out soon. After this winter's over with, we'll probably start taking her out and maybe not let her mom know. But <laughs> Which, you know, that's the fun thing, I guess, about the dad and daughter thing. There's a lot of things that me and her will go out and do. And like, don't tell your mom. Well, we'll go to a movie or we'll, you know, grab candy. Don't let your brothers know. Eat that before we get home. You know, so it's kind of the bond that her and I have that it's, I don't know, it's fun. So I'm sure I'll take her out before her mom ever knows anything about it. So Obviously, I'm excited, as always. ASR producer Jacob DeCastro sat down with his aunt and learned something new about one side of the family and the sacrifices it takes to leave everything in one country in search of a better opportunity in another. My name is Edith DeCastro, and I'm your aunt and godmother, and I've known you since you were a baby. And I'm married to one of your, um, your dad's brother. So we were from Antofagasta, which is the northern part of Chile. Um, it is a plane ride away from Santiago, which is the capital. I think it's about a two-hour, maybe, plane ride. Um, and that's where we grew up. We had what we needed, but it was probably less than what we have now. But if I think of my memories as having, you know, birthday parties even, I know my parents always sacrificed for us to have you know, I guess what we needed, but yet be in a loving atmosphere and um, and making things fun. So we uh, immigrated here when I was 11, and that was in 1978, and that was a few years after there was a coup in Chile, and so my dad decided that um, it was probably best for my brother and I, who was a year, um, couple years younger than me, 
uh, to find a better place for us as we got older. And so he found people that would help in Argentina. So he went there first and looked into things, and then um, he found help for us. So then we moved from Chile to Argentina for a couple years. So given that they speak the same language, Spanish, um, for me, I think, and I think even for my parents, it was an easy transition because of the same language. Maybe there was a, some customs that were different, and including my first communion. I um, had that in, in Argentina, so it was just a little different. And, um, and then just figure out how, you know, how to find a place to live and, um, and commute to school and make new friends. That was the biggest one is making new friends. And then they found a group that would sponsor us. And that was in Lake Forest, Illinois. And that was a church. And that was a Presbyterian church. Actually, we came and it was one 1978. I think it was one of those big, 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 record snowstorm so when they met us at the airport they had to bring coats and snow pants and boots and stuff like that for us because we didn't we didn't have any of that because that's the other difference I so when I first came here I was put back a couple grades actually so I should have been in seventh grade but I was put into fifth grade into school because back again it was 1978 so there wasn't a lot of um about help with second language so a speech teacher had to help me learn English and then my parents would always just try to keep practicing their English by talking to us because my brother and I learned it the learned it faster than they did um so I think we assimilated easier than they did um and I think back in that those times at least where we moved in Lake Forest, there wasn't many um, other Spanish-speaking families. Is when I met your dad's brother, and that's Uncle Nilo or Nilo. And um, it's, I think, been a nice thing to share because, right, he, um, as with your dad, they immigrated. And I think the difference is that I think they were younger coming to the States, Um but at the same time, I think we share a lot about trying to keep the connection with our culture. And I think you end up appreciating it more as you get older. So I have an 11-year-old daughter. And so we try to share as much with her now. Uh, and that's sort of reflecting back what wish it, that my parents at the time, it just seemed that they wanted to assimilate so much that they didn't share as much with us. If we were going to go back, we would like to be able to take something back and share with my family. And so we have not been back. Um, but my parents, um, I think it was, it's been good f for them when my dad was still around and for my mom to sort of go back and either bring closure or see their home a few more times so they were able to go. Producing this piece for American Student Radio, I'm Jacob DeCastro. In this next piece, producer Sarah Panville asks Herb Boucha to tell the story of how she finally met Jaja, her husband and Sarah's grandpa. It took a few years, but one bold move eventually hooked him. 
Would you want to go ahead and like introduce yourself? My name to you or my name? You can do both. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, my name is Mary Rose Prusak Panfil. I'm your Busha. Busha is Polish for grandma. Can I ask you, you were telling the story of how you and Jeja met the other night. Oh, you want to learn that? Okay. This is when I lived in Blaisdell, New York, just outside of Buffalo. That's where you were born, right? That's where I was born, right. And I used to work on the farm. Could get paid for picking beans and had strawberries and whatever was in season. And I remember the beans mostly. Used to get up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. And that truck would come around and go around to South Buffalo, come in Blaisdell, and um, and pick up uh, Barney's sisters, uh, Judge's sisters. And we were talking, and the girl says, do you have a brother? I says, yeah, I have several brothers. Oh, bring a picture. And I says, do you have a brother? Says, yeah, we have several brothers. So they brought me a picture of Judge. And it was in, he was in his baseball uniform, and I wanted to meet him. Well, I used to go over their house to visit him, and he was never home. And if he did come home, seeing he was working on a railroad, he'd hide because he was so dirty, so I never met him. Anyway, I went in nurse's training, and I kind of lost track of the girls. And I was reading the newspaper one time. On the front page was a picture, and it says, Local South Buffalo soldier awarded Purple Heart, injured in Korea. So I cut it out, and I read it, and I thought, that's Barney. So I called, I had his sister Claire's phone number, so I called her. And I says, I see your brother Barney was in the war. She says, yeah. She says, well, he's in a hospital in Boston right now. And she says, he's doing real good. I says, okay. And I says, good to talk to you. And that was it. And then New Year's Eve of 1951, I went out on a blind date with this other guy who had a beautiful red convertible. We went to this place called the Big Apple. And I was having a very boring time. I just didn't like him. But I was looking across the dance floor, and I see Claire and this guy with her. So I thought, oh, heck, I'm going to go over and see who this is. So I went over, and he was sitting there talking. So I sat on his lap, and I said, you must be Barney. And I gave him a New Year's kiss. Happy New Year. We danced, one dance. And he says, uh, would you go out with me sometime? I said, sure. Judge, I have to ask from your perspective, what was this night like? New Year's Eve? Yeah, I thought it was nice. Yeah, I thought it was pretty nice. Don't you, don't you think it would have been nice? I just can't believe you like went and sat right on his lap. I had enough to drink. <laughs> <laughs> What you'll hear next is a teaser for an upcoming project slash podcast slash not sure yet thing that I'm working on with my roommate, Katie Agrov Crate. It's called It's 5 a.m. Somewhere. And the best way to describe it is that we wake up at 5 a.m. and have a very honest and very groggy conversation. I hope you like it. Hello, hello, hello.
Good morning. It's 5 a.m. I'm gonna go wake up Katie. Katie? morning. We're going into Katie's room this morning. Hi. Hello. Hi, so welcome to It's 5 a.m. Somewhere. I'm Sophia Salaby. And I'm Katie Gorov Great. It's 5 a.m. Somewhere as a podcast Katie and I do, where occasionally we haven't worked out how frequently um, we wake ourselves up at 5 a.m., um, and we answer questions about things that our other roommate writes who who doesn't get up at 5 a.m. Um, so we're doing this as kind of a mini-sode to kind of introduce ourselves to our listeners. Um, we've recorded a couple episodes so far, so, um, what did we decide that we were going to do, though, for this episode? For this episode, we are going to... Um, introduce each other with little funny stories about each other Mm -hmm. Um, and forgive my voice I have just gotten up so yeah so I was going to tell a story about how um, Katie broke my bed or at least broke the height of my bed I have I use risers um, on my bed frame so I have some more space underneath Um, and one time and Katie came into my room and just like kind of, I don't, I'm, it kind of was like a belly flop. I like dove onto your bed. And you just heard like a crunch and one of my risers had like just like broken just because she hit it just in the right way. <laughs> but I think kind of what I loved about it is that your solution was a coffee can that you had saved because you love Katie loves collecting little things, so she collected a coffee can. Yeah, I just I um, tapped into my reserve of empty Cafe Bustello cans and uh, just put it underneath your bed. Woo! Fixing stuff really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my story about Katie, about um, all that, and then Katie's story about me was. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. So why don't you tell it? Okay, so this is also two years ago. Um, So our sophomore year of college, and um, it was a couple weeks before Sophia's actual birthday. Our other roommate and I decided that we wanted to throw Sophia a surprise birthday party, because why not? So I had to be really sneaky so I was like, oh, let's go play cards over at our friend's house. Um, and unbeknownst to me, Sophia was kind of mad at me. If I could jump in, I was kind of mad all that week because while Katie was giving a kind of cover for the setting up of this surprise party, I was just kind of thinking she was throwing me around with all these different plans. I was really frustrated and I remember this distinct moment of me kind of like mapping out this argument I was going to have with Katie on the on the walk home from school and I was like, you can't tell me what to do and all this stuff. <laughs> you want to go to that night, that Friday afternoon and evening? Yeah, so I think I like 
I picked you straight up from work, and then we played cards. And then I like, kept on checking my phone. I was like, oh, we should leave soon. Or like, I, for some reason, I was like, we were at our friend's house, and I was like, oh, you should come over back with us to back to our place. And Sophia was like, what are you doing, Katie? Um, Actually, I don't think I was, at, like, at all. I was just like, okay, sure. Yeah? Yeah, I had no idea. I thought you later said that you... When I was, like, checking my phone and stuff, you're like, what are you doing? But, okay, never mind. Um, so then we finally get back to the apartment. Um, and I told, like, I made sure that everyone would be there, like, 10 minutes. Be there and be inside, like, 10 minutes before Sophia and I were supposed to arrive. But there was one straggler. Um, and so as we were going into the apartment, they were, like, on the sidewalk. And Sophia was like what are you doing here? And they had to like come up with an excuse. and was like, oh, I'm going to the bars, you know, on my way. Just walking by. This is so like serendipitous. Whoa. Um, and Sophia bought it. Oh, hell yes. I didn't just buy it. I was like, well, do you want to come see my apartment? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that's fine. And I looked at everybody. I was like, that's fine, guys. Right? And Katie and our other friends they just kind of nod their head and I'm like I'm like yeah I mean I might as well just show you where I live since we're like right in front of my apartment <laughs> literally had no idea so then we open the door and walk in um and then everyone jumps out lights turn on surprise and Sophia is shook it takes her like two minutes for her to have a reaction Besides, like, just being like, oh, my God, what's going on? She didn't say anything, but, like, the look on her face. It took her so long to, not so long, but, like, a little bit longer than normal to process what was going on. And everyone was, like, looking at her anticipation. Like, everyone's, like, smiling. And she, like, is just like, uh, uh. And then she puts it all together and she's excited. But I think I was, like, standing next to you, like, clutching my hands, like, looking up at you, smiling, being like, you like it? You like it? Okay, in my defense, this was, like, three or four weeks before my actual birthday. So I was just so confused because I thought I was, like, I went down the line. I was like, is it Katie's birthday? Mm -hmm. No. Is it Alex's birthday? No. Is it Claire's birthday? No. Is it Stella's birthday? No. I was like, it's not my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it's a couple weeks early <laughs> and then I was really confused so we were being sneaky see you never saw it coming I, d- I did not and then we got you a giant wheel of brie instead of a birthday cake oh. and that's my story thank you so much so I'm asleep now okay so Katie's <laughs> gonna go to sleep it's, that's one thing is that we don't do this for very long in the morning so this was kind of our little mini so teasing the rest of our series. Do we want to end it the way we have been ending it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Sorry. Do I stay? Did you say morning? I say morning. and <laughs> This is so. You say morning and you upward inflection. Okay. This Katie's decided this is how we're going to end the program. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. Good, Good night. Good morning. <laughs> It doesn't work. (laughs) 
Music in that mini-sode was provided by Poddington Bear. It's 5 a.m. somewhere. We'll be putting up episodes soon, so stay tuned for that. And this is the end of our show. Thank you to StoryCorps for providing the inspiration for this episode. We have a lot of new ideas for the future of our podcast, so follow us on social media for updates about when you can next hear us on the airwaves in January. I've been your host, Sophia Salaby. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to American Student Radio. We're produced by students at Indiana University Bloomington. Our theme music is provided by Lunamatic. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash American Student Radio and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at ASR Voice. We broadcast new episodes every Sunday at noon on WIOX and stream on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash American student radio. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.